0: hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of bde i'm your host ashley lifton and today's episode is with tess levy she will be a rising freshman at yale university but the class of 2025 and levy sound familiar i bet it does her father is sean levy who is a renowned filmmaker and director. He's directed things like Stranger Things, Night at the Museum. Definitely know him. But this episode is all about his daughter and everything that she's doing. She talks about her future plans, why she decided to take a gap year, what it was like growing up in L.A. and more. But, but brr, whoa, tongue twister. Before we get into that, I have some things I need to say. Firstly, I, so the platform I record my podcast on hasn't been working. I recorded this episode like a week and a half ago, you know, prepared queen over here and I updated my computer and so when I updated it, it just ruined everything I had on it and so this episode that I recorded, I completely lost and so I've been so frustrated like not dealing with it, whatever, finally figured out today how to get it back and how to go through my backups, whatever, got that back. But I was really bummed because I really wanted to record this intro because I had so much I wanted to say, but I couldn't say it because my platform wasn't working. So I wrote it all in my notes. Here we go. Get ready. Okay. So wrote some notes. One on saturday i did a really awesome soul cycle class and you're probably like oh basic like why do i care i probably don't well here's the thing i haven't done soul cycle in like three years and it was totally safe it was outdoors we were wearing masks you know and it was in santa monica so super breezy love the vibe and this soul cycle instructor shout out lisa biggest queen I've ever met she said like everything I needed to hear and when she was saying it I was like I need to say this on my podcast maybe you're listening now and you're like Ashley like you're really lame we really don't care whatever I'm telling you anyway so she just talked all about forgiveness and moving on and the reason it struck a chord with me was because I feel like I'm able to say I move on pretty easily however in reality the way I cope with things is talking about it which is probably a reason I started a podcast, but I just, I go on and on about things that I should just be like, you know what, you move on and you keep going. So if anybody else is like that or holds grudges or just has trouble sometimes fully letting something go, if you needed to hear that today, I got you. The ride was super intense because she just talked about not being perfect, but doing your best. And I think I'm definitely a perfectionist. I'm a type A person. And so hearing from somebody else who obviously I didn't know her until I went up to her and talked to her after the class, but just hearing somebody else just say to you, like you're doing your best and like, that's okay. It's just something I feel like we don't hear enough. And so hearing that definitely helped me throughout that day and I was like yeah I am doing my best like sometimes it's not good enough sometimes I'm not satisfied but at the end of the day like what more can you be doing and so that definitely resonated with me and then okay two more stories then we'll get into the episode so on Saturday deep breath I had a sleepover with one of my best friends Friday night and she came to the apartment hung out with my friends super fun and then that next morning, she wanted to get a coffee, and from my school, UCLA, is in Westwood, and Westwood Village, they have a Coffee Bean, and then down the street, they have a Trader Joe's, and in between the two places is a Target, and so she's going to Coffee Bean, and I say, I'll meet you in Trader Joe's, like, I'll get this stuff, and then we can leave, and she had a car, and my apartment's kind of far, so super nice of her to drive me, and so I was in my pajamas, just like, you know what, doing a quick little TJ's run, I'm walking down the street, I just left her, and this homeless man walks by me and screams slut. And I'm wearing my mask, and that had never really happened to me before. And I was like, okay, you know what? Whatever, it's fine, we'll keep moving. So I keep walking, and then this man turns around and starts following me. And he takes out his phone and starts recording me. And I thought he was gonna like come up to me or harass me or do something, and he's being very, uncomfortable and it was a very scary situation and so i walked up ahead to this family and said hi there's the man behind me following me saying some not nice things is it okay if i walk with you i don't really feel safe and they said yes of course so i sped up and walked with them and the parents turned around and they were like this man is still following you and filming you like come with us into target so i walked with them into target and i was fine and my best friend came and got me and walked with me to trader joe's and it was just very upsetting and made me kind of uncomfortable. Like, yes, I wasn't wearing the most fully coverage outfit. However, I don't think that necessarily gives anybody a reason to slut shame you or make derogatory comments that make one uncomfortable. That just really pissed me off. Then even later that day after Soul Cycle, we walked from where the Soul Cycle class was to Starbucks, because my friend wanted a Starbucks and there were three instances where guys came up to us and asked for our Snapchats or followed us or just things that really pissed me off and made me uncomfortable. And so I just wanted to get that off my chest and talk about it and why I find it frustrating that this happens to women perpetually. Like I'm not the only one this has happened to. I'm sure other girls get it more frequently than I did. And so that's just not okay. And that has to change. Got had to mention that. And then lastly, this is just one other thing that, you know, fun little token of my weekend. So on Sunday I was tanning. I was journaling, of course. And I was like, oh, I'm going to take a break to journal. Like I'm going to lay on my back. And I had a baseball cap over my head and I felt something on my face. I like brushed it off. And then I was in pain. Turns out I got stung by a bee on my face oh so fun didn't take benadryl and was so itchy like it seemed like i was on drugs i couldn't sit still i was so uncomfortable whatever i was fine next day i go i get up early i work out at like 8 a.m i'm walking back to my apartment by 9 and i get stung by a yellow jacket on my ankle i swear to god i was doing nothing i was just walking minding my own business letting the bees do their thing then i got stung i has i start hysterical crying and then I ran back to my apartment and my grandma actually, shout out to you, Haya, she came and brought me Benadryl, saved the day. I slept all day. Um, but it was just like the most unfortunate events ever. So that's not fun. But you know what? That's just how my weekend was. Great otherwise. I'm all healed from my little bee stings. Obviously, there's worse things going on. I'm hyper aware of that. But how had to get it off my chest. So now that everything's off my chest, if you're still with me, really appreciate it. This episode is super awesome. Tess is the most well-spoken individual. She perfectly articulates her experience growing up in LA, what it was like, why she decided to take a gap year, why she fell in love with Yale in the first place, and just really gives a lot of people a clear perspective of taking the road less traveled and why that's okay sometimes, even if it isn't something that's a common idea where you grow up or go to school. And so I think especially with COVID just changing circumstances, it's a very prevalent topic for people. And so I hope people listen to it and they just find a friend and they find a voice of reason to make the decision that's best suits them and isn't exactly maybe what they had always planned to do. So take that into consideration, listen, share with your friends, Tess is a queen go enjoy.
1: How are you, Ashley? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Mom just called me and said that my younger sister just got stabbed by a cactus, even though we're in New York City, so that's...
0: (laughs) Wait, your sister got stabbed by a cactus? A
1: cactus in New York, um, which I don't know how that happens, but it's been done. So (laughs) we're dealing with that. If you hear screams in the background, that's what will be.
0: No, total chaos. I'm hoping my audio is good. So I just moved into an apartment in Westwood for a month. That's Um, exciting. And so our rooms are very echoey. So it's just going to be a lot, but we're working with it. It and
1: sounds good to me. It sounds good to me.
0: That's all that matters. My room, you can like see the people all passing by. So it's kind really? of, yeah, super exciting. So how long are you in New York for?
1: I've, well, I've been in New York all summer. We came out like early June and I leave for Israel on Sunday. So
0: that's it's only a. Okay. I have so many questions. So before I get into it, I want to tell you, like, why I reached out to you and everything. And just to, like, give a background on our relationship and, like, what this is. Obviously, it's your first time on the podcast, so welcome. Um, Thank you. So, you and I did – you and I met through – oh, I'm just going to get notifications during this whole interview. So, fine. so, you and I met through being on the board of an organization called Holding Hands, which matches – teens with Holocaust survivors to help tell their stories. And you and I got super close and ended up going to school like down the street from each other. And I just released an episode the other day. I released it like kind of late. And I was like, I need to like up my game up on this podcast. Like I need to just like make it better and be more invested and grow the platform in every which way that I can. And I called my sister and I said like, what topics should I cover? Like who should I reach out to? And she was like, you should do something talking about gap years. And I think that it's an especially prevalent topic because the world is just like, so uncertain and changing right now. And so a lot of people who are rising freshmen in college decided to take a gap year and you being one of them. I just want to pick your brain about that and then just like delve into everything. But I think for but starters, explain why you're taking a gap year, where you're going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So
1: I, So why am I taking a gap year? I have always been open to the idea. It's never been something that I knew was my plan or something. I was like, there's no way I'm going to college without taking a gap year. But um, I think I was always excited by the idea of having a taste of real independence and not even, you know, the form of independence of having like an RA and a dining hall plan and everything like that. Like, while that is a huge leap of, you know, like growth and personal experience, I wanted to really try living on my own and kind of just Seeing how I function in the world, Um, but I think it's a scary jump. So I never really had the courage to do it, especially before um, the pandemic started. And I kind of there was no real reason for me to kind of push my limits, I guess, like that. Um, And then when COVID hit, I, you know, I obviously we didn't get like a graduation and problem everything, which sucked. But I kind of got over it. But I always had a big concern in my mind that I wouldn't get the typical freshman experience, which of course I wouldn't. um, And that became a lot more apparent as the pandemic worsened. Um, And so I think mid-June, I started getting real with myself and I was like, college is something I've looked forward to since I started middle school. Honestly, I worked really hard to get into college and it's been like this really big Um, exciting prospect in my future and I want to make the most of my four years and in order to do that I kind of have to be smart about how I approach it and when I approach it and because a gap year is something that I've always been a little bit excited about but a little nervous too. I kind of used COVID as a push to kind of be like there's no reason not to at this point I can have this year of you know exploring all my options and then come to college a lot more experienced and knowledgeable and independent and kind of able to hopefully have more of a real freshman year experience um and so that's kind of the why i've been doing it there's also so many exciting options that once i kind of started looking into it i was like this is you know why wouldn't i do this i could have the best year of my life right now um and so my pl- my plan for the fall is i'm going i'm just going on a program called aardvark israel um and so i'm going to be there from Sunday until the very end of December, I'll be in Tel Aviv. And this program matches me with an internship in Tel Aviv. And then I take classes through the American Jewish University. And then we also go with the group, we go on weekly excursions around Israel. Um, And, you know, I'm with other students in the program that I'm living with in an apartment. Never been to Israel, but I've always been interested. So I thought this would be a good time
0: to go. Oh my God, that's so amazing. Okay, so why did you choose Israel, and how did you find this program?
1: Yeah, so um, I, you know, I've done a lot of Holocaust Remembrance work with you, so I feel very tightly tied and committed to the Jewish community. Um, I think that, like, the Jewish culture is something that I hold very near and dear to my heart, and it's a huge part of my identity, and I've never, um, Taken any opportunities, I guess, to connect myself more with the religion as much as I have with service work related to the community, like Holocaust remembrance work, and I've done like, no worries, um, and I've done like charity groups through my temple Ki. But I think that the idea of going to like a homeland and be living and working and studying with people who all are Jewish and share this these shared values is so exciting to me. Um, my dad has gone to Israel many times and talks constantly about how incredible that experience was. Um, and I've never had the opportunity to go with my family or on birthright or anything like that. So um, yeah, it just, and also they, until kind of recently, they've been really COVID safe and have had pretty low number of cases and deaths. So, in and they also are letting in student, American students. So that's a big part of it. <laughs> Um, so that, you know, is a safe and reliable option.
0: for me. Right. Oh my God. You're going to have so much fun. I remember the first time I went to Israel, I went with Diller, a teen fellowship I did back in high school. It was one of the most amazing experiences. Like I want to go, if I could go anywhere right now, it would be Israel hands down and Tel Aviv is a lot like LA. So I don't think you'll feel very out of place, especially with what's going on. It can be scary to like go to a new place so quickly and try to fit in and assimilate to their culture automatically. Um, so you're going until December. So then what's your plan after that?
1: So I have the spring pretty much open. I have a couple prospects. Um, they, I, ideally I am planning on getting an internship or a job. Um, for either like a political organization or office or an NGO um, and live here in the city. Um, My sister lives here and my best friend lives here and everything. So, you know, I I could crash on a couch. Um, So, you know, in hoping that COVID goes down and it's relatively safe, I would love to spend some time here and kind of live more independently, not doing a program or anything. That's Um, so fun. (laughs) I'm really excited. I hope it works out. You know, like, again, I'm completely unemployed right now. So this is me speaking. Um, five months ahead of time and unemployed. But so that's an option. And if I can travel and if it's safe and not irresponsible, then I would love to do that as much as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there are some also programs I've been looking at, some gap year programs that aren't as structured as Aardvark is, for example. So you choose when you go; you kind of choose your own structure. Um, there are ones where you can like che- teach in schools, so you get your own ticket, but they provide housing and food, and then you're teaching in schools and English classes in schools in a different country. But you're kind of living a little bit more um, independently.
0: That's so awesome! Wow. Yeah. I'm- okay, so so many questions for you. You're going to Israel on Sunday until December. Yes. What are you most excited about when you travel? That's a
1: great question. Um, there's a lot. I think. So I went to Windward in LA, which is a very, sm- I mean, it's a relatively small school. I had a hundred kids in my graduating class, and I think that connecting with a whole new group of like people my age who I've never met from all over the world. There's a lot of international students doing it, kind of you know, being a part of this group that like is completely unfamiliar to me, but at the same time, like we're all connected by our religion and our kind of excitement to go to Israel and take a gap year and kind of our willingness to step out of the normal trajectory of like graduate high school, go straight into college. I think, you know, I think it'll be cool to interact with people that are also really excited and eager to do that. So I think making those connections um, and just like not only making those connections, but making it in a completely new place, I think adds a whole other element of excitement um, and bonding to it. Um, So that's really exciting to me. And then also interning in Tel Aviv, I'm really excited for because I've had a bunch of jobs in LA and in New York and everything. But I think working among Israelis in a completely different culture in something that I'm passionate about, hopefully I've applied for internships or yeah, I put down on the application that I'm interested in, like journalism and human rights. So doing something that I'm passionate about um, in Israel, I think would be really exciting and a great opportunity for growth. And also finally, I think I'm I've never been the type of person where like I know what I want to study, I know what I want to do, I'm very yeah. open. Um, so I think having this opportunity to explore a bunch of different fields and positions will really help clarify my passions and interests and areas of study in a way that going straight into college might not.
0: Very well said, very well said. So you touched on a lot of points that I want to get into. One of them was that you went to a very small private school in LA. So that community, all the private schools in LA are notorious for just like having a very specific community and I think represent the larger sense with the LA culture very well very small group of people who go to these places and they're particularly wealthier families and uh more well off and so I was just wondering because of that like it must have been very college driven like we are giving you this education so that you can go to college did you ever feel as though you couldn't really stray away from like what they were pushing you to do and also like Go out like what you're doing is so against the grain, so to speak. So like, did that make you apprehensive? Did that mm-hmm. make you frustrated? Just going to school in that environment?
1: Yeah, that's that's really interesting. I think it's there are kind of two sides to that. Um, I'm really grateful, and I, I loved my experience at Winward. Honestly, I think I kind of had the opportunities to like step up as a leader and like challenge myself academically in like as much as I wanted to and like where I sought out those opportunities so I think that on on the more you know on one hand it the focus towards college was really great because it motivated me to work a little bit harder and join that extra club and try out that sport and everything like that because there was an end goal that was constantly you know being reminded to us At the same time, I think a lot of that pressure um, towards college, while it is a college prep school and it's heavily emphasized, came from myself. I started studying for the ACT beginning of 10th grade because I was like, "I I need, you know, I was like, I was crazy about that. I was like, I need my score. I need to be ready, everything like that. So I've always, you know, been the first one to put that pressure on myself. So it was only, um. It was only furthered, I guess, by the school and its college prep culture. And so I do I do appreciate the motivation, kind of like the kind of kick behind me that it it gave me to like get into the school I wanted to and work for the grades I wanted. But at the same time, yeah, I think it was I don't know, I think that as I've grown a little bit and started to widen my perspective. I've realized that this college prep culture in West LA private schools, where it's like you go to high school, so you get into college. And that is the thing. It's a little bit toxic in certain ways, because I think so many people are unable to focus on where they're at right now and doing things that they're passionate about and interested in, because there's always this end goal that you're working for. Um, And also, I think that some people, you know, they know themselves and they know that college isn't the right path for them and they or they have that job that they already know they want and they maybe don't need a degree for that. And I think this idea that there's one single path, there's one acceptable um, trajectory for every single student is a little bit bizarre and unjust in certain ways because I think people need to have that freedom to decide for themselves. And sometimes it can be a little bit suffocating when every single... Student, faculty member, college counselor is constantly pushing down your throat that, like, you're doing this for college.
0: Right, of course. I think that's so right. I actually just want to mention I have a really good friend who last minute, her mom was like, You should take a gap year, go to Israel. Like, I think you just need to get out. And she just, it was like her mom who gave her this extra push. And she went to Israel, fell in love with it, and is now doing school there for three years. And like, was supposed to go to college in America, but ditched last minute. So I think that the, when you're talking about like what path and that you're meant to go on and how it's not always like one path for everybody, I think that speaks to how some people like will try something out and be like, wow, maybe I want to pursue this career. I didn't know because I wasn't as exposed to it in high school. But I want to like backtrack to something you said about studying for the ACTs in 10th grade. So you're, you have an older sister who's at mm-hmm. Barnard. How many yeah. years older is she than you? She's three years older than me. So at this point, she was already in school. She was
1: So she started her freshman year when I started 10th grade.
0: Yeah. So seeing that she probably worked very hard and did a lot to get into such an amazing yes. school, did you then put the pressure on yourself? Like, I need to be as good as my sister, if not exceed what she's accomplished. Is that Was that your driving, mm-hmm. motivating factor?
1: Yeah, I, I would say that's definitely one of them. My sister she was president of her middle and high school, you know, she was the star of all the, what was that?
0: I said queen status. Yeah, queen status,
1: <laughs> seriously. Um, yeah, so she was always high achieving without even, like, it kind of felt effortless watching her, like, she felt like she was like, oh, I'm just gonna run, and she was elected, and I'm just gonna take this, you know, honors class, and she got an A, so I think seeing her was less of a it, it it didn't really put pressure on me as much as it gave me a really incredible role model to see that like someone could be all these things at once and also she had friends and a boyfriend and spent time with the family and everything like that so like seeing her kind of find that balance was almost inspiring to me in this way in that way um so she, that was really great to have her and also see that she was like she decided I think probably in beginning of junior year, I think she decided she wanted to go to Barnard. And so she ED'd and got in and she just like kind of made it work and got it done. So I kind of wanted to have that mentality of like, I'm going to figure out what I want and then put in the work to get there. Um, And obviously like, I want to acknowledge that there's a lot of privilege in that, in that I can just like choose a college that I want to go to and be like, let me, let me do it, you know, because that definitely comes from a place of a lot of privilege. So, um, but yeah, so I think that was one factor And the studying in 10th grade thing, again, that was, my parents were like, don't, like, please wait a year. Like, you really don't have to. They were not at all encouraging that. They were actually like a little bit concerned. They're like, Tess, you're 15, (laughs) you really really (laughs) don't have to. Um, But yeah, I mean, I figured out like the score I wanted beginning of 10th grade and I was like, why wait? Like, let me just, you know, I kind of want to do it. And in retrospect, that was crazy. And I wouldn't recommend that do it.
0: Did you end up getting the score you wanted?
1: So, yeah, I did, but I ended up switching to the SAT after a year and a half of studying for the ACT, because I never <laughs> even took the PSAT, because I was like, I know, it's the ACT for me, that's what my sister did, I wanted to do the ACT, and then I was, like, not getting the score I wanted on the ACT, so I was like, oh, uh, shoot, it's been a year and a half, let me try switching, and um, my first SAT, I got, like, the equivalent of the score I wanted on the ACT,
0: that makes really? sense.
1: Yeah. So it was, it was, I mean, so in that case, I guess it was good that I started early. So I had that time to switch, but I wouldn't, I don't think anyone should do that. I think take the years where you're not under such a tight schedule and like so much stress to kind of take a breath. Can you tell me what score it was? <laughs> I, yeah. So I ended up getting my, I think I, the COVID, I was the equivalent of a 34 on the ACT.
0: Yeah, yeah. So what you were you getting when you were taking ACT?
1: I got it. I was getting 32s consistently. And so I was two down. And then when I took the SAT, I don't even remember what I got on the SAT, but I just remember converting it and being like, 34, done.
0: <laughs> like, I'm out. <laughs> so crazy. That's so interesting you say that because being the oldest, everything for me is the first time and I'm the guinea pig with everything. And so for Ava, who's my younger sister, she yeah. did the exact same thing as you. She started studying so much earlier. She did the ACT because I did it. And then she's like, wait, the science section sucks and I don't like (laughs) it and it's so fast so like I'm gonna do the SAT because I like math more and then your score jumped which is just that was
1: amazing to me yeah
0: yeah okay so you're like I need this score I'm studying my butt off my sister can make it work I'm doing the same thing when did you decide what school you wanted to reach for and what school you wanted to apply to and why that school Okay.
1: So yeah, so I'm going to Yale in a year. Um, And so that's been a school. I actually, I found yesterday pictures of me from when I was nine in like Yale shorts and like holding a Yale football. So I've always like, yeah. So I, and I, I went to campus when I was young and I, and I was like with my parents and I was like, Oh my god, this place is kind of magical. I remember being like, you can like live here and go to school here and be 18. That's crazy. Um, so I always like had a place of real love for Yale in my heart. Um, but then it was a bit of a winding road for me because as I got closer to the ED deadline, I started kind of getting in my head like, is Yale what I want? Do I want to be in a city? I started looking at Columbia and Penn, and I was really thinking a lot like, Oh God, there's so many options. You know, I I've always had this idea in my head that I was going to ED and hopefully go to Yale. But like, I never gave myself a check a second to like really assess all my options. Right. Um, but I ended up EDing to Yale. Cause I kind of like toured again, like checked myself and I was like, yes, this is the place I know I like feel so comfortable and at home just like the second I step on campus. So I ED and then I got deferred in December. And that was a real heartbreak to me because know, we got, got
0: together like, and ate cookies and, yeah, exactly.
1: and I was like, Ashley, I can't do it. I remember I was like, that was not a good time for me. Yeah. And I think especially, you know, talking about my older sister, it was especially a shock to me because I saw her ED to Barnard and get in and be done. She applied to right. one school. And that was it. And so I kind of, you know, I have older friends who I watch like struggle in the same way I did, but I kind of hope to follow in that same path, but I actually think in retrospect, I'm really grateful for being deferred because I ended up applying to 15 other schools then. And I kind of had to be like, okay, I, I can't just look at one school. I have to really like look inward and figure out what am I looking for in all these other schools? And I kind of started narrowing down my options being like, Oh, I actually don't think I want to be in a city for college. I think, or like a big metropolitan city, Um, kind of like knock other schools off that. And I think that was a really big, learning experience where I was forced to kind of step back and you know like reassess and that's not something that I've had to do a lot of times in my life um and I think also just dealing with failure I think I I need to do it like I need to have done it more and I need to keep doing it in order to get stronger and like be able to just kind of continue in my stride um easily and then so I ended up getting accepted into Yale regular but I you know, it was not, I'm I'm grateful that it happened that way. And I wasn't able to just like sit back and be comfy once I got in early because it pushed me in ways that I'm really
0: grateful that it did. Yeah. No, you sound wise beyond your years. (laughs) I'm very impressed with you. I just have to tell you. So when you went on to Yale for the second time, um, Mm -hmm you got this visceral feeling, like, this is where I belong, this is what I Mm -hmm. want to do? Did you ever look at, like, oh, they have these extracurriculars I like, or the dorm situation is what I want, or I like this having seasons? Like, was there any of that, or was it just, like, this is it, this is what I'm doing?
1: So, yeah, no, it was a lot of things. So, on the topic of seasons, I think I've always, I didn't apply to any non-East Coast schools. I knew I wanted to be on the East Coast. I know I've always loved in LA and I've, I know I can always go back to LA if I need, if I want to, but I want to have at least four years of trying a different, you know, having seasons and then like a slightly different culture and everything. So um, that was always something I was sure of. And then one huge part of why I love Yale and I'm so excited to go is the residential colleges. And um, it's basically, you're you're randomly placed into smaller colleges within the university. And that's kind of like your home base. So if you're playing intramural sports, you're playing for your residential college and each one has their own dining hall and late night cafe and everything. So it's like this tight community within the larger university and the other schools I ended up applying to regular were pretty much all small liberal arts schools right. and that were like like um, Wesleyan type schools or like Amherst and things like that where and so I think at Yale what's beautiful is it's it's a medium sized school but you have those really small communities within it that you're with You're you go all four years in with this same group of people um, so that was a big thing and then the major that I'm planning on doing, which is politics, economics, and ethics, kind of touched on all three of my main interests. And so, you know, a lot of universities have some version of that, but the requirements and the classes offered at Yale under that major are really exciting and, like, head-on exactly what i like want to be sitting in a lecture listening to so once i found that major and kind of realized how popular it was not only did i realize it was the major i wanted but also i would be in a community where so many people cared about the same issues and wanted to have the the same discussions as i was and i that's like really exciting that i could just sit in a dining hall and talk about that stuff with most people
0: yeah and so when you got deferred would did yeah. you go through the process of like if Yale just doesn't work out long term like I would be just as happy at x school and if so what was that school I'm just kidding.
1: yeah so the school that I so yeah so I got into Barnard regular and I thought about you there for a while too and once I had the chance to kind of like you know, again, look at all my options again, I fell, like, so deep in love with Barnard. My older sister goes there, my best friend goes, like, everyone important in my life basically goes to Barnard. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and so I kind of knew that I would mesh with the people and that I would, like, fit so easily into the community there, so that was a really big pulling point, I guess, for me. And so when I got into Barnard and Yale, I spent, like, three weeks deciding between them. Um, it wasn't, like, when I got into Yale, I was like, oh, great, I got in, I'm going. There, I really gave it like a lot of thought. And there was a while where I thought I would choose Barnard over Yale just because I was like, you know, being in the city is, you know, even though I don't know if it would be the best for me, it's still like a very exciting prospect. Mm -hmm. And also the people in the community and the classes were just like very enticing to me. So definitely, I think if I hadn't gotten to Yale regular, I would have been so happy to have gone to Barnard instead.
0: And so what was the final straw? Like, okay, Yale was my first choice. Yale continues to be my first choice. It's what I'm going to choose to do.
1: It's funny that you have that. And I don't know if this sounds kind of weird or whatever but the okay. um, old campus is where all the fresh it's like the freshman quad at Yale and I've you know I was I went to when I toured Yale last September I got there like two hours before my tour and so I just kind of sat with my friend who I had gone with on old campus for like two hours and I like talked to a few students there and I like watched people like go to class and do their laundry and that energy that I felt and in, I don't know I this I guess this sounds whatever but the energy that I've had on Yale campus where I felt like it was such a hub of like intellectual curiosity and excitement but also people like are happy like I could approach anyone I felt like and I did approach a bunch of random students and they were all more than happy to just like entertain my questions about their experience so that um community of really kind welcoming warm people that I like could really see myself fitting into I like kept going back to that memory and I was like yeah that's that's where I want to be.
0: I think that's super important to do. And I think that for me, it was like slightly an easier decision when it came down to it. But I think that I had a friend who in an earlier episode, people should tune in, uh, (laughs) talked about where she was deciding between UCLA and USC. And she went to both campuses and like journaled and ate lunch and like just hung out there alone. And I think if you feel comfortable and at home on that campus, it's indicative of whether or not you should spend the next four years there. Yes. Um, So I want to go back to the whole gap year topic. So you're going to be leaving and we talked about how your high school was like a college prep school. Were there people, are there other people in your grade or friends of yours who are doing similar things to you, like taking a gap year?
1: Yeah, so I actually have two friends that reached out to me recently, and were like, "Hey, I heard you're taking a gap year in Israel. I'm gonna also be in Tel Aviv in the fall." Like, and funnily enough, like I'm living two blocks down from one of my friends who's doing a separate gap year. Pro- and Israel's a really popular place for Jewish teens to take gap years, so it's not biggest surprise. But um, I actually would say m- most of my friends from my high school are not taking gap years. None of like, yeah, none of my like close friends are actually. There's a few. Yeah. But I think, um, and I think, I don't think that's as much a result of like the school culture as it is at this point, just a personal choice that they want to start college. And and I think if I, if I had a chance of like spending a lot of time on campus, I, you know, would have given it more thought and maybe just gone straight into college. Um, But yeah, I know very few from my high school that are taking gap years.
0: And do you think, because I think a lot of the reason some people are hesitant to take gap years whether in general or just, like, with this whole global pandemic that's going on Mm -hmm. is because they experience bad FOMO. Like, you can be having the time of your life in Israel doing your own thing, growing as a person, but then all of your friends here are, Mm -hmm. I mean, hopefully not at frat parties because, like, like, out having fun, like, in college, doing college-like things. Do you think you are the type of person to see that and be like, wow, I have really bad FOMO. Like, maybe I made the wrong decision. I'm very upset right now. Like, does it really affect you or are you the type of person to brush that off and be like, that's in box A. I'll have that in a year.
1: Yeah. I don't think that was ever really a big concern for me. I think especially because I only started seriously considering a gap year after COVID hit and I started understanding what college would look like and that it wouldn't be frat parties and big social gatherings, hopefully, um, and everything, so that wasn't a big concern, and I think even if it was more of a normal college experience, I would be able to understand, like, I'm gonna have that, and I'm gonna have a year of, like, very different, fun experiences before I get there, and obviously there would be hard moments where I'd see my best friend snapped out, like with all our new friends. I'd be like, oh, I don't, you know, I'm not having that experience yet. And I have like, no exactly, friends. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Hopefully all of some. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, but I think that would definitely be a part of the experience, but not enough to sway me from taking that gap year. Yeah.
0: No, I think that's super important. And I think this time period has just like taught you or just like taught people in general to like, really do their own thing and not really rely as yeah. much as like what other people are doing and just like different different strokes for different folks on um do you are you do you have any fears about taking a gap year of being in another country during a pandemic?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the biggest piece of it right now is unless you have a student visa um, or an Israeli citizenship and passport, no Americans can get in. So my parents or friends, no one can come visit. So it's, you know, I've never been away from home for four months straight and now I will have to be legally. They can't get into the country, at least now. Um, so that's pretty nerve wracking for sure. Um, but again, I think it's be like the good type of growth where it's going to be uncomfortable at points, but it's, what I need to do to kind of get to the place where I can take adventures and not be held back by like what I've done in the past. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's something to think about. And then also, yeah, it's like, I'm, the the religious piece of it is that like, I'm not a very religious person. I consider myself like culturally Jewish much more than I am religiously Jewish. Mm -hmm. So being in an environment where that's kind of what ties everyone together. And if maybe I don't identify with that as much, there's gonna be some culture shock there and some like adjustment that's gonna have to happen but it's I think a part of why I'm going to Israel because I want to have that connection that I've never really had to have before and I think connecting with like my roots and my origin is going to yeah, be a really cool. exciting thing.
0: Of course and so are you able to travel when you're in Israel or is it like really strict like okay you're only in Tel Aviv?
1: I don't I, I can travel throughout the country and. So half the program is in Tel Aviv, half of it's in Jerusalem for the fall semester. And so if I like make friends in the Jerusalem program and I wanna go visit them on the weekend or even after work one day if I have time, it's a forty five minute drive or like an hour drive. So I could go and that's no problem. And I can go on like hiking trips or camping throughout like the country and things like that. But as far as I know, I can't leave the country until right.
0: we're which seems smart and everything, of course. Um, my advice to you is to travel to Jerusalem, like, 100%. I think okay. it is the most magical city. And when I went on my program, I was one of the few people who had never been to Israel. We, like, stopped and got off. And it's, like, overlooking the Western Wall and just, like, the hotel. Yeah. Everything is just, like, beautiful panned out. And so we went and, like, stopped and we got off our bus. And I kid you not. Half the people who were with me just started bawling. And why are you crying? Like we're staring at a city, like beautiful, but like, do you have to cry about it? Like I did not understand it. And then obviously after spending time there, I also got like very emotional. And I think if I went back, I'd get emotional again. So I'm like excited for you to have your own experiences with that because I think a lot of people go so, and they're like oh I'm just culturally Jewish and then you go and then you just experience the unification of the Jewish people in their land and it's such a unique and special feeling I think you're gonna walk away so grateful and happy that like you chose to go there
1: I'm so excited i uh, your experience I because you know my friend you know obviously Hannah she did the same dealer program and she was in Israel and I was talking to her about it recently and I actually haven't talked to any jewish teens who have gone to israel and haven't been like it is transformative and it's so eye-opening
0: so like bring me the chills right now (laughs) bring it but i think it's super special and i think the thing i like respect most about you is that like you did the decision you made the decision excuse me that was best for you and i think in the long run this whole year is just going to be weird and crazy and different so i think if you're like you know what, like, why not take a leap of faith, do my own thing, figure it out. I think in the long run, it'll benefit you more than just doing something because it's the right thing to do.
1: Right, right. Thank you. I, I appreciate you saying that. And I hope it works out in a way where I'm like, oh, I'm glad that I, you know, didn't do what I like planned on for my whole life. I kind of took that fear that I wasn't expecting.
0: No, 100%. And I think my other piece of advice, and I'm just like big on this in general, is to keep yeah. a journal. I okay. think that, whether you were in college or just going there like if you go on trips and write about your days I think looking back on it it will keep the memories more fresh and alive but also it'll give you time to like really think about what each day means to you and like each experience and so I think trying to be diligent about that I literally have my journal sitting right next to me good to know yeah all the time
1: that's great advice I will absolutely do that
0: yeah. I'm so excited for you. Well, thank you for coming on my podcast and squeezing for my-
1: having me. an hour great. of
0: your time. I know you're running to doctor's appointments and getting everything <laughs> done. Are you packed? Are you bringing bedding and food? Like what's the deal with the packing?
1: I'm like 75% packed, but I've also overpacked so much. So <laughs> my mom is like, you cannot, you cannot bring six large suitcases to the like airport. So I got to, that's my next um to-do list item is like check myself and get rid of half the clothes I'm planning on bringing
0: oh my goodness so wait are you just allowed to bring clothes or are you bringing bedding what is that like? um I think bedding
1: is provided um so that I don't have to worry about but I am I'm trying to fit a fluffy blanket in there it's oh. you know, <laughs> like I gotta do
0: it I I got you so much also I have to ask is your mom from Canada my dad is your dad because I you're speaking to me and I've never thought about this before, but I can hear a Canadian accent.
1: Everyone, everyone comments on it. It's the sorry and like the out and the house. <laughs> there like we that.
0: go. There we yeah. go.
1: Yeah, I, I learned it from him. He's from Montreal, and that he he and um, like, you should hear my aunts, my uncles. They're like so such thick accents. Yeah. Oh my
0: god, I love it though. Well. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for telling me about your experience. And I'm so excited to hear about what happens next. I'll keep you updated. Hello, hello, everybody. I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode where I talked to Tess all about her plan to take a gap year, what that looks like for her, why she chose to do it, and really carving your own path. I think if COVID's taught us anything, the future is super uncertain and you have to make the decisions that are right for you in the moment and sometimes that's steering away from maybe the path that you would always plan to take so I hope you learned something from this episode and I just also wanted to note I'm so aware that everyone and their mom is starting a podcast like this is not an uncommon thing however I'm really trying to cultivate a certain environment and reach out to specific people to do something that kind of steers away from the norm of just talking to people. I wasn't on The Bachelor, don't have a huge following, but I'm doing it because I'm passionate about that. And I hope that you see that and listen, spread the word, share it with your friends, go check out BDE Big Dorm Energy on Instagram, and I will see you guys next Thursday.